Hey, Nurse Bosses. Have you ever thought about running your own logistics company? On today's episode of the Nurse Boss Shift, we're talking to Melanie Patterson, who made the shift from ER trauma nurse to running a trucking empire. Melanie discusses how she got into trucking, learned the government contract game, and uses the skills she gained as a nurse to help her run her trucking business. You don't want to miss this episode if you ever had a dream that was completely outside of the nursing box. Let's get into it. Hey, nurses. I'm Kiana. And I'm Crystal. And this is the Nurse Boss Shift, where a shift happens. We're here to help you shift your title from employee nurse to boss nurse. Step into your power as an entrepreneur and build a highly profitable business using the skills you already have and learn some new ones along the way. Let's get into it. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to, I don't even know what episode this is because we feel like we've just been recording, knocking them out, but we want to welcome you to the Nurse Boss Shift, where a shift happens. My name is Dr. Kiana Jones. And I'm Crystal Parker. And we are super, super excited to have Miss Melanie Patterson on, and she has an amazing story and one that we know is going to just blow you guys' mind and start getting you to think outside of the box. Now, listen, Crystal and I know that, you know, I have an aesthetic practice. Crystal has an aesthetic practice. We teach IV hydration, but there are some dope-ass nurses out here who are going beyond healthcare and getting a real bag. And so... It is intentional that we have Miss Melanie on here because she is one of those. <laughs> and so Melanie has been a ED nurse. And let me tell you, I have a whole different type of for ED nurses. I'm sorry. And it's funny because I, yeah, right. Crystal's an ED nurse too. I have a like a respect beyond measure for ED nurses. Um, and even as house soup, I didn't like to go round in the ED. That's how bad it was for me. So for you guys to have been in ED and then made the transition and really, really been on the front line, I mean, the front, front door of the hospital, I think that just alone is kudos. So you've done that for seven years and then you made your way into logistics. So Melanie, can you please give us some information about you, a little background about you, like how this even started. You can start with your nursing background and then how you segue into that. Oh boy. Okay. So I'm going to have to take you a little bit back. Um, and so really just to be transparent and be honest with you, uh, a girl from Chicago, uh, became a product of my environment and, uh, met some adversities and I ended up at an alternative high school. And so at that alternative high school, my principal, uh, rest in peace, Miss Hawkins, was like, there's something about you. I'm going to sponsor you to go to college. You're going to go to college. We're not just ending at this alternative high school. And so fast forward, I went down to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, out of all places, right? So I attended Stillman University. My first major was business management and administration. And I loved it. It was cool, but I guess God had other plans for me, right? So I was presented with the opportunity to shadow at Cedar sinai Hospital in LA. And so I jumped at the opportunity and I fell in love. I fell in love with the industry of nursing. And so I was like, where do I start? 
Mm-hmm. Um, that shadowing experience was like NICU. And I knew that wasn't my area uh, mm-hmm. per se, but overall I fell in love with medicine and nursing and the whole concept. So I came back home to Chicago and I started to look into like ground level. What would this look like? Right. Well, you can go to a junior college and get your associate's degree. And I was starting to talk to people who were in the industry and they advised, hey, look, for you to be a prudent or a well-respected nurse, um, you need to start out with as your CNA, with your CNA, certified nurse assistant. And I was like, all right, cool. So I started to do that. I got my um, certificate at Malcolm X College. I started to work part-time as a nurse assistant. And I still love the industry of nursing. So I started to attend school on, on the junior college level and and do my prerequisites. And then I transferred over into my bachelor's degree. Um, and so completed with a bachelor's degree and immediately started working um, in ER trauma. Because after clinicals, I kind of had an idea of what was for me. It was either going to be, um, you know, med surge geriatric or ER. When I got to ER, I was like, this is it. This is me. This speaks wow. to, this speaks <laughs> to my core. Um, you know, raised by a single mother. Um and, and, and being in underserved communities, I identified with it. And so I worked in um, ER for like five years, uh, five and a half, six years. Um, and then I played the whole corporate game, right? So ladies, as nurses, you know, right? It's all about the acronyms behind your name. It's all about that continuing education. And so I played that corporate game, the competitive uh, person within me. I had all of the certifications that you can adorn, um, being ER trauma. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, 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 no. You need, if you want those, that magic six figures, you need to go back to school for, uh, your master's degree. And I was like, okay, all right, cool. Let's do that. Um, you know, if that's, that's going to get me to the six figures and a little bit more autonomy. Sure. Why not? So I went back. I got my master's degree, um, in family nurse practitioner. And I graduated um, from school and I entered into the industry and they were like, oh, no, 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 no six figures. It's saturated. Family nurse practitioner is saturated. You know, it's not of in demand like it used to be. And so I felt defeated. I felt really, really defeated. Um, and so that's like the nursing part of, of Melanie. Um, mm-hmm. with that though, I also was a serial entrepreneur with my, with my partner, my husband. And at that time we had a, a real estate investment company as well as a grooming salon. Um, and so I would leave the ER and I would go to work in my company. And I'm like, wait a minute, something's not adding up here. So I've, you know, had the thought of like, what would this look like me working full time as an entrepreneur? And I started to play with the idea, started to once again, talk to people. Um, and they knew that we were, you know, investors and, and uh, serial entrepreneurs. And they're like, you need to look into this trucking thing. I looked into it. I'm like, oh, no, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. Long story short, it presented itself again, and here I am. <laughs> wow, that is powerful. So you went through all, first of all, the fact that somebody sponsored you, like we do not realize the impact that we could have on other people. And I haven't had that happen, but there has definitely been pivotal moments where I was like, I didn't think about something and someone saw in me what I didn't see in myself. And we'd be surprised how that could change someone's trajectory in life and just give us the the permission 
the confidence to show up. So I think you'd be surprised if we were to trace your seed to even entrepreneurship, you, you could directly correlate it to that moment where somebody believed in you enough to do that. And I think that is, that is so amazing. Um, so let me ask you this. Um, you were in ED, right? And I, as I said, I really truly believe it takes a unique person. I think there's, honestly, we all have our quirks, right? Like a critical care nurse is a critical care nurse. They have the certain characteristics, ED nurse, ED nurse, psych nurse, psych nurse, right? They all have <laughs> certain characteristics, nick you, pick you, right? Um, so my question is, what you experienced in ED are some of the skills that you obtained there. How were they transferable in your business? Oh, that's a good one. That's a, now that's a great question. Um, and so I was just speaking uh, yesterday on another interview that I had. A lot of the tools um, that I developed in ER and working within corporate, I've transferred over into transportation and logistics. Um, so what are some of those um, characteristics and some of those things that I've transferred over? For sure is critical thinking, thinking on your feet, right? As an ER nurse, we're getting those gunshots, we're getting those burns, those, you know, those strokes, heart attacks. Um, and so you have to critically think and think fast, right? And and make sure you're making the right decision. Um, so that's one of the things that I've definitely have carried over. Also, too, as an ED nurse, um, um, as 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 uh, Crystal can uh, attest to, it, it's an essential worker, right? It's an essential worker. We work on on holidays, we we Christmas mornings, Thanksgivings, and so our work ethic is a little bit different versus a school nurse. Nothing against school nurses, nothing against school nurses, right? Um, and so I've transferred over the, that work ethic into entrepreneurship as well. Um, and then the third one that I would say is um, uh, the, that I've transferred over from nursing into entrepreneurship is um, analyzing. So developing of a care plan, right? Let's talk about it. You're developing a care plan, right? You get the patient, they present with their presenting symptoms, right? Mm -hmm. You develop a, a diagnosis, then you have a treatment, you implement the treatment, right? You reassess, right? And then you correct if you need to adjust the medication or things of that nature, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Same concept. Yeah. Same concept. That's so funny that you mentioned that because I just had an interview two days ago and I told her AdPi. I said, AdPi, we, that's what we do in business. And you're literally saying the same thing. Yeah. It, it is so true too. Uh, it guys. is. Yes. <laughs> Chris, did you, did you have a question? I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Cool. So AdPi for sure is, is, and I, I actually, it's funny. I was like, when you think about it, everything we do, we have to evaluate. And then go back and like figure out, did it work? Did it not work? What things we need to change? Um, but the difference is, is that nobody's going to die if it didn't work. And like, I think that's the hardest part to get for nurses. Like, try it, you know, because like you don't really know until you do it. And, you know, you have may have some context clues that'll help you decide on whether it's probable or not probable to fail, but you really don't know and you just kind of figure it out and if it doesn't work then you go back to the drawing board and i i, I love that 
I don't have to worry about like it, it being a life or death thing in business if I make the wrong decision, right? Instead, it's just like a lesson that I've learned. I may have lost some money, but money can be replaced. You know, you don't want the um, loss of life on your on your because you were irresponsible or something like that. So yeah, that's, that's amazing that you said that um, because that's so true, right? So ER trauma. Um, you, not only do you have to have critical thinking, but you need to have a, a sense of like, all right, cool. This medication is for this particular presenting symptoms. All right. So, you know, if, he, if we're dealing with bradycardia, tachycardia, right? Um, moving forward into entrepreneurship, in entrepreneurship, it's the risk that's the most rewarding. So it's the L's that bring those valuable lessons. And so in entrepreneurship, it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to take that risk because that's where you're going to develop the characteristics of a, a more knowledgeable and, and, and well-rounded entrepreneur, right? It's going to do your business good. So hurry up and fail. Fail fast as what one of my mentors, hurry up and fail, right? Um, so very, very different. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that we try so hard to get nurses to understand is that we have to do it ugly and it's not going to be perfect. But in nursing school, we're so used to, or in nursing in general, we're so used to checking off everything and getting it right the first time or someone's life is at risk. So that's a big mindset set shift that nurses have to have is that you have to be okay with failing. It's okay. No, we're, we're not being um, graded or, or judged based on who got the best grades, you know, in school, like just try it. And if, if you don't succeed, it's okay. It just teaches you for the next time. So that's so, sure. so important. Now you said that for sure okay so my question is and this is something i always ask our guests like we so i always put myself in the position of our listeners right most of them are probably employees or if they're not bedside they may be in corporate or they may be at the clinic or they may be a school nurse or whatever so what gave you the confidence or did you get the confidence like how do you did you like mentally make the transition because i know you said you were doing it then you was like i could work full time but there had to be some like can i i'm scared like what did you feel and how did you just did you was it your support system did you like have already a lot of money like tell me something that made you just like all right i'm about to do it what happened <laughs> Okay, so um, I didn't have a lot of money. <laughs> um, let's start there. Um, People but will I make the excuse of like, oh, she must have money. Or her husband must be rich. Her dad, you know, let's, always be, find uh, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Okay, so fully transparent. Yes, I had a few coins to play with, but we're talking about transportation. You know, $100,000 is a drop in the bucket in this industry. And so we did liquidate uh, some of our real estate portfolio and invest it into trucking. But uh, like I just said, if you don't really handle this thing correctly and understand the industry, 100, 200K is nothing. You'll get eight alive um, if you really don't understand the business. But back to your first question. So really, honestly, you got to remember, I'm a girl from Chicago from around the way. Um, so fear for me, risk, that's what I did. That, that's, you know, you can ask all of my friends, my family. She's a risk taker for sure. Uh, so I wasn't so much fearful, but I had to have that to thy own self 
be true conversation, right? Because we're coming from W2, comfortability, a career. This is not a job. You know, shout out to all the people who do have jobs, but nursing is a career. You can actually have a decent living. You know, you can provide for your family and your children. Once again, you know, that magical six figure, that's, that's pretty comfortable along with 401k, medical benefits and things of that nature, right? And so I had to really say like, what would this really look like walking away from my comfort level, my what my comfort blanket, my security, and taking this jump. Um, at that time, I had just had a child, my second child. Um, and so I'm like, is, am I making the right decision for my family? Um, is this a selfless decision or is this a, a, a good decision for my for my unit? Uh, and then of course we also had to look at the numbers, like you said, right? So for me, Oh, I'm being transparent. For me, I, I, I cashed out my 401k and I invested it. I invested it. And so I, I'm, uh, disclaimer, I'm not advising anyone to do that. Right. Um, right. But I was just so confident and I started to build out that business plan. I started to build the blueprint on what this one was going to look like. And so I was so confident that I just jumped and I said, I, I said, God, guide my feet, guide my feet, guide my steps. And, um, I, I did, a, a I, I had mentorship and I had guidance and, and, um, you know, luckily I, I'm still on my feet, 10 toes down. Um, but yeah, it, it was just questions that I had to have. I had to have a transparent conversation with myself, with my partner. And, um, and then ultimately I had to make that decision. And luckily it was right before COVID girls. I mean, I'm, I don't even know what it was. It was just like, um, you know, ER trauma, it's, it's, it's not easy, you know? So sometimes I would get in the car, my calves would be throbbing. I'm like, yo, I didn't even get a break. I didn't even get a lunch break today, you know? And so that's, that's our truth. Right. And, um, it was just one of those moments where it was just like, you, you kind of know when you're ready. Cause it was always a thought. I played around with it for about a year and, um, it was, you know, just one of those moments is like, it's time. And I, handed in my, my notice. Okay. What was that process like? Cause you see, I, you know, Crystal and I also talk about, um, kind of transitioning, you know, like I, I didn't have the luxury of having it. I mean, well, when I started business, I cashed out my 401k too. And I don't recommend that either, by the way, but I did what I did. It, it just made sense for me. Right. But I did not have the luxury of like quitting. Right. So I segued out Crystal right now is down to one day a week um, and she has her business. So she was full time in ED and then she's now she's transitioning. And so that's kind of how I did it. How, what, so I, and I tell people do what works best for you, but you don't have to quit to be a business owner. You can start off on the side and work your way, but if you're miserable, you need to do something. That's, that's my biggest thing. But tell me what that was like deciding, like I am leaving and I am about to pursue this full time. Where were you at in that mental space? Have you already been bringing in the, the revenue? Um, and then how did you feel? Like, tell us that story. Take us on a dramatic journey of like how you <laughs> turned in that notice. So we could fantasize. We want to live vicariously through you. I don't know. I don't know if it was just if it was uh, you know a dramatic uh, you know um, you know drop the mic type of situation. Um, but I, I just um, so I was fortunate enough to had invest in other areas, and so um, we had several other businesses. Um, but at the same time, it was my passion. So let's really, really get real personal for a moment, right? So I live. 
not so right in my youth. And so when I did find myself and I, I, and I, you know, my parents were proud of me when I, you know, finished nursing school. It's a rewarding career. You know, you made it. You're not in jail. You're not pregnant. You don't have five baby daddies, you know? And so they were proud and I was proud of myself. That was one thing that no man gave me. That was one thing that I didn't buy. You know, that was something that I earned. That was mine as a, as, as a, a, a troubled youth, as a minority woman, now as a mother, you know, I remember I have pictures to this day with my daughter in my lap and, you know, I'm finishing grad school, working on a, a thesis, an assignment, a care plan, a, you know what I mean? Studying for, for a test and um, all of those things. And so that was my struggle to, to, uh, to, to say, it's okay, Melanie, to move on to a new journey to a new project, to a new task. You're not a failure. So a lot of people are like, you're crazy. You're out your mind. How could you leave nursing? Yeah. How could you? You know, it's so rewarding. You're paid well. It's always in demand. You'll never need a job. You'll never go without a job. And, and I said, exactly. So if this doesn't work, I know I'm good. You know, I know I got something to fall back on. So I'm good. Um, and so I had to detach myself from that aspect of it. Um, and I was just looking like, man, I was just looking like, man, I, I, I'm not fulfilled anymore. You know what I mean? This is my passion. I love ER. I love my patients. I love the community. I love my staff. You know, ER, we're a family. It's not just the nurses. It's, it's, it takes an actual village, right? To run this machine from, from EMT to firefighters to, to your, your, your care tech to, you know what I mean? All of those, those, those uh, moving pieces to save that life. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just was like, I'm, I'm not fulfilled anymore. I'm not, I'm, I didn't feel fulfilled any longer. And so I said, you know, be true to yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And when I transitioned, um, you know, I, I made sure I did it in the most respectable way. I didn't want to, you know, there was no mic drop situation as nurses, you know, well, most nurses, we operate with professionalism and integrity. Um, and so I put in my notice and, and I transitioned out, uh, gracefully, uh, at, at the height of my career as well. And I, and I bowed down gracefully and respectfully, um, um, but it, it was really, um, nothing dramatic, nothing, nothing too, too crazy. Um, but I know that I will tell you this today. I do not feel like I have the support now that I've placed myself and my business online and, and in front of the public. Um, so social media can really see what we're doing at Team Integrity Knowledge Center. I don't feel the support from my former colleagues, my former nurses. There's a few, you know, that have, have been supportive. Um, but then there's also a few to our, like, you know, she's a traitor and, and, you know, um, and things of that nature. So that hurts. Um, but, once again, you have to do, you have to live in your purpose and live in your truth. And so it, it, it was, it was a, a hard decision, but an easy one too. I really feel like that was a mic drop. I know you yeah. don't, but like you just took us through a whole drum. That was because it's so many levels and layers. Like you, you, you literally took us through all of that because you had to realize that I'm not being fulfilled. This was something that is like really closely tied to your your past and a, a major accomplishments happened that took you to these different levels and then you had to make a decision 
And it's not like, you know, I said F y'all and I walked out, not like that, <laughs> but I'm just saying like, it takes a lot of thought and like reflection mm-hmm. and like, you know, going through, okay, th- I've done this, you know, I-, I love my team. I love the people I work with, but I have to make this decision. And like, I feel like it's so indoctrinated in us because we are a team and a collective. And we're like, you, you've mentioned your team a lot of times in this short 20 minutes that we've been on because that's how connected you are. Right. Mm-hmm. And so making the decision to transition, knowing how much you love it is reason, believe it or not, that a lot of nurses don't leave. Mm-hmm. A lot of nurses are like, oh, God, they're going to be same reason why they won't call in sick or, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. Not me. I was that girl. I was, that, I was that girl. Didn't call out. My team needs me. You know, uh, this is my scheduled shift. You know, who are they going to find to fulfill that shift? Um, and that was another thing, too. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned that. You know, I, I, after having children, I don't know if you ladies have children, but missing out on Christmas morning, it hits different. You know, that was so committed to my career. I was so committed to these patients and in my obligation as an ER nurse, I would work every, you know, you know, a scheduled holiday. Um, but when children came along, that looks a little bit different, right? Yeah. yeah I was just going to say that reminds me of, because I had my babies during COVID, both of them um, pretty much. So I was at home feeling so guilty. Now it's COVID. I have the chance of getting it, dying, bringing it home to my family, my newborns. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, my, like, man, they need me. I feel like I feel bad for being at home and they're all struggling. I wanted to, I sent them lunch sometimes. I wanted to go up there and bring them stuff. Like I just felt so bad. And that's just the guilt that we have attached to it. Because as you said, that's our, our team, our family, and you know, they're struggling. Um, and what made it easier for me is that slowly people started leaving. So it gave me the encouragement, like, okay, you know, the original, when the original people who you built that bond would start leaving, then that kind of gives you, or gave me my okay to go. Um, before, before that, the guilt was just extreme. And then, like you said, when kids came along, I knew that I didn't want to, because missing, um, holidays with just fam or with family was so, heart-wrenching to me but to think about missing it when when my kids came along that's when I was like okay we I have to make that change too yeah. so that's so powerful yeah for sure that's powerful now I I've had a kid all my life so <laughs> I was a teen mom so but as I have grown and mature so I was in school the whole time my daughter's 25 so I was in school the whole time and I you know so it is what it is. But as I, you know, started getting older and like, as I had my other kids, I was like, I started really going through that mom guilt and like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm never going to get these times again. And like, I don't want to miss them. And, you know, then it became like, okay, I have to balance it out. And so working for DM worked well for me for that. Um, usually I didn't work on holidays because yeah. the, the staff wanted the pay and all that. So it, it, it always ended up working well for me the seven years that I was um, per diem. But my question to you now, okay, so we talked about nursing, we've covered all that. How the heck can somebody get into this industry? Like you, you, you uh, secured over 200, $2.5 million in grants, government grants. So let's say we have a person who is listening to this right now in their car on their way to their 12 hour shift. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I want to do this, but I don't understand what the heck logistic is because it's me right now. I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. I don't understand what the heck logistics is. Like, where would I even start? Can you give a few tips 
for those who may consider logistics, some things that you may have done or even that you didn't do that you would have done different if given the chance, like looking back. So can you give a few tips to the people, the nurses who want to get into this? Yeah, 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 for sure. I personally, um, I have a bias, but I just feel that nurses um, just do so well in entrepreneurship overall <laughs> because of our discipline. Um, and so uh, jump. That's the first thing that I want to say. Um, but what is what is trucking, logistics, transportation? And so it's a whole ecosystem. So from manufacturing from China, right, to being put on the plane or the boat via sea, then it comes to the ground, right, into the warehouses and it's transported via truck, box truck, other ways to your doorstep. Right. And so uh, it's, it's the way of the world. That's how we are able to th that those earrings that you have. Right. You got them from the actual store, um, but they came from logistics, the, the, the whole ecosystem of logistics. And so we are essential workers as well. Uh, truck drivers are essential workers. Um, during COVID, we were essential. Right. Putting dinner on our dinner table for Thanksgiving. That's my those are my drivers. Those are our trucks moving and making that happen. And so that's a, a, a simple one on one breakdown of what this industry looks like. Now, coming from a nurse perspective, working a nine to five, what what can you do to kind of start to transition? Have the conversation with yourself, right? Pen to paper, get a business plan, start to study what, what is, what is transportation? What is logistics? Because I looked at it from the lens of a nurse and I said, we're essential workers and there's a lot of different divisions of this paradigm, right? So we have uh, dispatchers, which are people who call and, and make sure that the trucks are where they're supposed to go. We have Truck drivers who are just company drivers or owner operators who drive the big trucks or the vans or the box trucks, right? Then we have fleet owners who are entrepreneurs and owners of those trucks who, um, uh, whose job is to make sure those trucks are moving. Then we have the brokers. The brokers speak directly with the shippers. Then we have freight forwarders who, um, actually, uh, are the middleman from the manufacturer in China or India to get it on the boat or the plane to get it here. Here to the warehouses, right? So just like nursing, right? We have psych, we have geriatrics, we have med surge, we have ER, we have oncology. Figure out exactly what area of this paradigm fits best with you, right? What can you afford to enter in in? Like, so dispatching is like one of the lowest barriers to penetrate because it's very easy, it's, it's very low cost far as business startup. Now, if you're talking about, you know, owning a, a fleet of trucks, that's going to look very different, right? So we have to know the numbers. We have to do the numbers. Most importantly, hands down, you have to have mentorship. There's no questions about it, right? So a mentor should really take decades and turn them into days. They should really give you the blueprint and lay down the foundation to your success. A lot of us are scared to pay for mentorship or to align ourselves with people who may not necessarily look like us. If you get what I'm saying, this industry is a, uh, it's dominated by Caucasian males. And so oftentimes I am the youngest and the one who looks like this in those rooms, but you have to not be intimidated by that, right? You got to go for what you know and go for what you believe in and what your vision is and the legacy that you're trying to set. Um, and so don't be fearful. 
for sure. Don't be fearful, but understand your numbers, understand what this will look like for you and understand the power and proximity and mentorship. Um, and so with that, let me speak a little bit to uh, Team Integrity Knowledge Center and what how I transitioned from nursing into transportation, right? So I got into the industry. I finally said it presented itself again. I said, okay, cool. Let me really look at this trucking thing and what, what's, what's all to it. And I was like, oh, it's pretty saturated. There's a lot of trucking companies out here. Mm-hmm. So I took my nursing and my competitive self and I said, what's going to set me different, set me apart? Yes. You need selling Right. Yes. What certifications do I need? What do I, what do I need? Right. Because I know that I just can't enter into this business, um, being a previous businesswoman, being a nurse and just be like everyone else. Right. So what are my differentiators? Let's leverage what I already have, ladies. I'm minority. I'm woman. And we have the government who has to spend money with me. Right. And so I basically aligned both of them together. I took trucking, transportation, logistics, however you want to label it. And I merged it with GovCon, government contracting. And so I went back to the table. I said, hey, look, we got to structure this thing as me being 51 percent shareholder, leverage my minority status, leverage my woman status and let's start doing business. And so with that, four months after registering the company, we won our first six figure contract for three years and none of our trucks had to haul the commodity, the product. I said, damn, I'm onto something. Hold on. Let me, let me, let, let's look a little more. Let's see, let's see what's to this. And so moving forward, we have, uh, we have done uh, large seven figure contracts. Um, but I was like, what was most rewarding to me in nursing? Giving back to those underserved communities that I came from, that I was raised in, that I can identify with. There's no way that I can do this and reach this level of success, if that's what you want to call it, and not reach back to the people who look like me. And so um, I started to document my processes, um, you know, from from sourcing contracts, from marketing to, you know, looking for bids and solicitations and seeing what's out there. And I started to just document that whole process. And that's where the inception of team integrity knowledge center came from. And so now we offer mentorship where we're guiding our minority small business owners into government contracting. So we can really build longevity within a very um, white male dominated, but also uh, 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 inherited industry. It is, huh? Okay. I didn't know that. That's okay. So it's usually generational people okay oh and so you're coming in first generation in and you're a woman and you're african-american and they're like who is this right (laughs) um that is so dope crystal you have a question because i I can keep going you know that well you know the wheels are always (laughs) here we go again like right i need to start a logistic bit every listen we know an interview is good when we think about we're going to start one (laughs) the business (laughs) Yes. I love it. Um, do you, go ahead, Chris. So then you started um, teaching other, you teach small businesses or other women minority or what is your um, training center focus on? Who do you focus on? Training? Yeah. Um, so Team Integrity Knowledge Center target audience is primarily small business owners who are in logistics and transportation. Um, and they're uh, primarily minorities. 
Um, but of course, women, because us as women, we kind of take the initiative um, and take the wheel. If you look at any Fortune 400 or 500 company, yeah, there's a, a male, uh, you know, in the front of the uh, uh, of the CEO on, on the, in the C level suite. But there's a woman running that operation, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's our target audience: is small business owners. So fleet owners is primarily um, our top um, top. Uh, 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 client and then minority women. Okay. So when you, okay, can we just really quickly talk about the, um, cause I think you're referring to the designation, right? Like the women, women owned, what it's called women, minority owned business. And then the women owned business through the SBA. Is that the certification you're referring to? Yeah, there's different levels of certification. So you have certifications on the state level and then you have uh, the city, state and then the federal level. Um, And so it's so you have small business and then you have minority business enterprise and -hmm. then you have woman business enterprise. And then on the federal level, you have economically disadvantaged woman owned and then you have just woman owned small business. And so did you apply for all of those certifications or did you find someone to apply for you? How did you do that? And and so, by the way, that that's not um, exclusive for our listeners too. That's not exclusive to logistics. That's any business. So oh, that's any, let's talk about it. So Team Integrity yeah. Knowledge Center. Yes, right right now we're focusing on what I know, but we, can, we also have clients that are outside of logistics, right? Yeah. So yeah. this applies to the government purchases any and everything, right? Yeah. So uh, let's paint a picture. They purchase from vanilla folders to condoms for the commissary and the jail systems yeah. to logistics. They also have solicitations for aesthetics, um, wigs, barber uh, uh, supplies and barber consulting and education. Um, the government purchases everything. Right. Um, and so this applies across the board. Thank you for mentioning that. So that is across the board that you can take advantage of what we call set asides. So our set asides, um, there's goals that are, uh, are implemented on the federal level, um, that the government is mandated to spend 23% of federal funds with small business owners. And so why not? partner with the government and they have to spend money with you. And let me tell you, ladies, the government doesn't suffer from a recession. They don't suffer from inflation. They will not file bankruptcy, right? They won't close their business doors, right? Um, And so it was, it's just a win-win situation. I was thinking of Ivy Hydration is, do they have any contracts for something like that? You know what? I have not seen any IV hydration contracts, um, but you never know. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. It would probably would be like wellness. You'd probably have to find an RFP that's like related to like some kind of holistic, well, something like that. It probably wouldn't be a specific. And then like show proof how IV hydration could be the solution for that problem probably. But that is so- Yeah, um, probably, but I haven't personally seen one. Now this is a nursing podcast. um, So there are government contracts for nursing, right? So Mm. when you think about um, these (laughs) agencies that are placing these nurses in the hospital- if it's a, a a federal funded hospital, that's probably a contract that an agency has won. So I actually just passed along to my former um, director of nursing um, who turned. Uh, anyways, so I, I forward over a contract to her. I'm like, like, take a look at this. 
The government is looking for nurses for the VA hospital. Yeah. And yeah. you have you have alignment and resources to a nursing agency. And so yeah. that's how it works, too, as well. You have to yeah. utilize your strategic partners with, within the government because you have to remember they're so massive. Yeah. We're talking about, you know, seven figures easily. Um, and so you have to tap into your network. And this is, are you going through, uh, was it grants.gov or something like that? Government? No. Grants? No. So grants are very different from government contracts. You, I meant to, you said that earlier. And so, um, we don't, we don't handle grants. Um, we do government contracts. So just from an educational standpoint. So grants are just like school grants, right? They don't have to be, uh, repaid. You don't have to bid on them. Right. They're allocated to those who apply and the money is yours for government contracts. They're paying you for a product or a service to be rendered to them. Yeah. So two completely different uh, components of government funding. Right. OK, that that's really good, though. So there's even two different ones for grant. For, so you know, so you can get technically. If it's allowed, you can get grants and uh, contracts even. Absolutely, it's allowed. Absolutely. Okay, go ahead, Chris. Do you find that um, being Black woman-owned, when you apply for these contracts, are there a lot of people bidding on them, or do you find you win them pretty easily because there's nobody or not that many people in this game doing that? How do you find that to be? So I would say it's, Contingent on what the solicitation is, you have to remember um, it is the government. And so sometimes it's uneven and and, and, and it's not as, as just and fair as you may think. Um, so there's some other things that are going on in the back office um, to where they're sliding these contracts over to um, some of these companies who are not truly deserving of that uh, contract. Um, but overall, I will have to tell you from our community, there's no competition because number one, we're scared of the government. We're scared to do business to the government. We've been taught to run away from the government, right? You guys just pay mm-hmm. uncle Sam lay low. Shh. Mm-hmm. And so now we're shifting the mindset of our community and we're saying, Hey, look, If you're doing business with integrity and you're running a professional operation, there's no reason why you should not be running to the government and leveraging what you've been born with. Right. This is what what you've been born with, that they have to spend the money with you because we have uh, such an ignorance of government contract. A lot of times, yes, there is a set aside attached to it, but they have to actually um, they actually provide them to some of these uh, white male, white uh, female companies and entities because we're not bidding on the opportunity, even though that there is a set aside attached to it. And so if we're not bidding on the opportunity, they have to have it sourced by someone. And so those larger companies will take advantage of that. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, okay. This has been just really mind blowing. And I, and I always wanted to like understand logistics It's definitely have given me like an, it piqued my interest. Um, but I have heard, and I want you to speak to this really quickly and then we'll rapid fire and then I, you will share your information. But, um, is there a, what's the downside to being in logistics? Like I, I've heard like people say they started biz, they started it and then they were not successful. What would you think separates or, you know, what's the downside to being in logistics if, the, if yeah. it was in your perspective? 
Yeah. So from my perspective, uh, some of the challenges that I've seen personally that I've seen from my clients um, mm-hmm. are that you really don't understand your number, right? There's this magical number out there, $2 per mile. That's really not what your number is, right? And so not doing the ground level work to understanding what your operational cost is, um, is one um, huge, huge component. Number two, um, a lot of us don't understand business overall. Right. And so when you're talking about logistics and transportation, that is highly regulated, mm-hmm. highly regulated by FMCSA um, are one of the governing bodies um, that regulates transportation and logistics. You're going to see yourself out of business before you can even enjoy being in business because it is highly regulated and compliance is a huge issue for us who lack the knowledge of what it is to run a, a, a company with compliance. That's not normal conversation at our dinner table, right? Our parents are working nine to fives, coming home, just trying to make sure dinner is on the table, right? Um, and so that is a, a struggle for, for our minority community and those overall who really just don't understand business and then especially business that is highly regulated. Uh, another challenge that I see is um, we don't prepare for these downtimes. So right now in the market um, within logistics and transportation, we're suffering. We're making some ground break, uh, breaking uh, numbers in regard to fuel costs. So diesel is at an all-time high. And so that's a very, very high overhead for us. And us as small fleet owners and small business owners, it's really hard for us to um, uh, level out right? Uh, as we're, we're, we're penny pinching. And so when we had COVID, a lot of us were doing extremely well during COVID. But what do we do? We spend well as, as well. And so we did not prepare for these down seasons. Um, and so transportation has those peaks and troughs, talking about nursing and pharmaceuticals. Trucking has those peaks and troughs as well, right? So we have those highs and we have those lows and we need to prepare for those lows during our highs. Um, and, um, not really having true mentorship and guidance on what it looks like, um, to navigate and move within this industry is another one. Okay. So that segues way into the question. Tell me how pivotal mentorship coaching is. In this space, in any space, really. in any space, in any, any space, space, right? In any space, it's 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 essential. It's mandatory, if you ask me, right? And so, as I shared earlier in this interview, I had mentorship, I had guidance, I had you know someone to say, "Hey, look, walk straight, walk left, walk right, walk through that door," right? That helps. That really, really helps. That's essential. That's priceless, if you ask me. And so uh, mentorship is an investment. Mentorship needs to be vetted. You need to vet your mentor, right? Um, and so that's another component. Um, but mentorship overall is is essential, especially when you're talking about a highly regulated industry, an industry that has a very high liability and overhead cost. You really have to pay attention to your numbers. You really have to understand um, uh, the industry, how to um, network and pivot when when time uh, sees fit. And a mentor um, can help you navigate through that. A mentor also can lay at your feet some tools and resources that may take you years to, to, to accomplish or never at all. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, in, in nursing, let's take it back to what we all all three of us can relate to. You don't get out of nursing school and just get thrown out on the floor. Yeah. You what? 
you have shadowing, right? You have orientation. We have to, um, one thing for sure, I don't know about what your experience was, but for me, um, nursing school didn't prepare me for IV insertion. On that dummy, on that dead dummy in that fake vein, now we're talking about ER where you're half dead, right? And so we may have to, we may have to put in an IV um, in places that we just weren't trained on. And so um, luckily I had this amazing nurse, Christine, uh, Christina trained me um, during, you know, when I just got out of school, which helped me to be a, a, the, the nurse that I became, right? I proudly say I was a badass ER nurse because of my mentorship, right? That I had with Christina. And so mentorship is mentorship is key. Mentorship is key for sure. Um, I want to do some really quick rapid fire questions. Just what like, do the money? Oh, is it that part of the which part? The um, the earning potential. Oh yeah, that well that That's was part of it. Okay. Questions. Yeah, yeah. Well, That's I was gonna good. say two of those related to that, Melanie. One was like, what was your biggest contract that you obtained for um, through government contracts? Um, or, you know, and how, how long does it actually take to get to that point where you're getting the, the good contracts or the bigger contracts or does it even matter? Is it even relevant? Um, so for those larger contracts, they definitely want to see past performance. Um, and so they definitely want to know that you're able to perform with competence on these larger contracts. And so that's why I teach in, in mentorship, start in your backyard, start in the city, in the, uh, in, in, in the state level, right? Start yeah. to build your past performance. Um, and then Team Integrity Knowledge Center is able to funnel through um, our, to our community to start to build some of that past performance. So yeah, those larger contracts, they're definitely going to want to make sure uh, that you're competent and you're familiar with the scope and what the deliverables are of that contract for sure. Yeah. And so what's the range of like the largest contracts that you've seen out there? Like, is it millions of dollars for one or is it like usually on the high hundreds of thousands that you could obtain a contract for, for logistics per se. I can imagine it can get really large, especially if you get to the shipment. It can get very large, very, very large when you're talking about logistics and IT. So when you're talking about like um, cyber safety and all of those things, and so very, very, very large contracts, I'll say this, um, one of our mentees, uh, we just fulfilled a contract for 140 million for wow whoa I about to say thousand right <laughs> and i still thought it was good okay wow 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 so i'm guessing the larger it seems to me sounds like what you're saying is like the larger the contract you have to be have been you basically have to show proof that you are able to manage because if it's a large contract that means it's a lot of work so they want to make sure that you're able to do the job and then the next thing is probably how uh, specialized you are, I guess. Would that be safe to say, like the contracts? So if you get into it and you start doing something general, it would be beneficial to get more specialized in logistics, whatever that means. Like like you said, you tried to figure out your unique selling proposition and you position yourself in a way that you could separate yourself from like the generals of the world, like the, I don't know, Amazons or UPS and FedExes of the world, right? Um, in that space. So I think that that's absolutely amazing. And that gives hope, like from starting from humble beginnings 
And this doesn't have to be like, even if you're not from the inner city or you may not be a minority and you're listening to this podcast, but you may have had your own set of struggles, like to go from whatever your challenges are that you started with and then to get to this point where you can get into this white male dominated space and actually be successful and secure money and um, not grants and um and contracts for the government i think is absolutely amazing and it's definitely one that can help a lot of people who are trying to figure it out um do you have a book that you would recommend someone who is considering logistics or who just wants to know a little bit more is there a book or is there a uh like something quick not nothing like a whole mentorship yet but let's say they're like i think i might want to do this what what's a book or a Okay. Webinar or something you recommend. Absolutely. Absolutely. So shameless plug, of course, I would recommend Trucking Meets GovCon Jumpstart. Our Trucking Meets GovCon Jumpstart lays down the foundation of what this will look like, right? So we can start to get a little bit more strategic. Um, and so that's at a very, very low barrier of entry of like $97. Okay. Now, from a business standpoint, I would highly recommend Business Made Simple by Donald Miller. It's available on Amazon. He's a phenomenal author. He he has made several, several books um, um, for entrepreneurs. Um, but yeah. Business Made Simple has been um, my latest read and it's been a game changer for me. And so that's one I would definitely recommend as well. Yeah. Donald Miller, I read, is, it, is he, he's not launched, but what, what it was a book that he's also written that I read. I can't remember, but. Oh, he's yeah. written a ton of books. Yeah, I think it's, Anyway, it doesn't matter, but yes. Okay, so business made simple. And I'm sure anyone who is considering business could probably read that book, right? I mean, it's recommended. That book. Anyone can read that book as well as Trucking Meets GovCon Jumpstart. Very, very uh, user-friendly. Also to layman's terms. Because as with government contracting, it's content heavy and it's very unfamiliar territory for a lot of us. But no, 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 no. You got to remember, right? I understand these different levels of learning. And so it's very, very simple, very easy to retain. Um, And so everyone can get that at www.teamintegrityknowledgecenter.com. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So I feel like you've given like a general overview, high level book, and then your course, which is specific. So like, if you are interested in logistics, start here and it's only $97. So it's not like they got to think twice about it or break the bank to like at least get introduced to the industry if it's something that they're interested in. Okay. How important is it to have a male on your team if you want to get into this industry? Because I know you mentioned your husband. Does, should they have a male? Does it matter? I know this is male dominated. Tell me your honest thoughts about it. Absolutely. Done. Yeah. Absolutely. Hands down. We're talking about trucking. And so let's really talk, right? Don't ask me about a tandem, an axle, um, uh, air hose. Like that's not my strong point in the company, right? And so um, fleet management is a big component about for staying in business and trucking. And so you need to have someone who understands the mechanics of a truck and someone who can also talk to these other drivers to where you're well respected. Us as women, we're not well received um, because we don't, we're not behind the wheel and we don't understand those different components of the truck. Um, and so it, it's essential to have a male on the team. I love that. 
Yeah, I, I figured that. That's why I asked. Um, yeah. Listen, okay, so this has been, I don't know, this has been an amazing interview and definitely outside. When I say outside, outside, outside of mercy. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that. And I want to find out from you, do you have like, let's say some people already know they want to do trucking, like our logistics. Do you have like a mentorship or something that those who are serious and like, okay, I'm ready to get into this. I like her. I like her vibe. Do you already offer something um, some type of mentorship for uh, nurses or not necessarily nurses, but anyone who are, who's interested in yes, starting this. Absolutely. So we have build your trucking empire, build your trucking empire walks you through from A to Z, how to start the business, how to build the foundation, structuring of your back office, choosing of equipment, choosing of a driver. Uh, we provide you with 20 plus forms and templates for your onboarding, your policies and procedures. We provide you with direct shippers so you don't have to rely on the low board. Go out there and, and get the highest dollar possible. So build your trucking empire is hands down by far the starting place if you want to enter into logistics and transportation. I love it. And so how do we find that? <laughs> uh, TeamIntegrityKnowledgeCenter.com. TeamIntegrityKnowledgeCenter.com. You go um, online, you'll find all of our educational tools, all of our services and our products there. Okay, awesome. And so how do we find you, Miss Melanie? Like, where are you at? Are you on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook? Well, I, yeah, um, <laughs> I haven't got with the TikTok yet. I'm still working on uh, on my TikTok uh, two-step. Um, but you can find me on uh, Melanie Patterson, CEO on Instagram, Melanie Patterson on LinkedIn. But most importantly, Team Integrity Knowledge Center is everywhere. So you will find Team Integrity Knowledge Center on Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, make sure you guys are tapping in. This is truly life-changing what we're doing. Um, I, I'm so honored and proud um, what we've accomplished and the results that we're getting uh, for these small business owners during this very, very hard time in, in business. Um, and so Team Integrity Knowledge Center, Team Integrity yeah. Knowledge Center on all platforms. And you got the receipts, $114 million contract. Oh my gosh, that's right. crazy. That's, I don't even know what I would do with that amount of money. Um, okay, so the, la the last thing is, can you close us out with, it doesn't have to be related to logistics or transportation, but just some like positive words for nurses who are like still in the struggle. They're still, you know, they're burnt out, they're tired. What can you tell them like or what do you tell your your own clients or people who you speak with who um are experiencing what we're going through right now in our profession yeah um that's that's really good uh so what i would something that i have here something that i have here for me um that i have to remind myself as we um go throughout life and encounter uh different phases of our life as as women as mothers as sisters as spouses as nurses and career women never mm -hmm. give up never give up never give up um just really truly bet on yourself um, and uh, invest in yourself. If this is something that you truly desire, jump. Without there's there's no reward without risk. There's no reward without the risk. And so, bet on yourself. Never give up. And go get what's yours. Go get what's yours. Know what's possible. Know what's possible. My home office didn't always look like this. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well. 
That's it for us. That was Ooh. another drop the mic moment. Right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Melanie, Thank for you, coming Melanie. here, providing all this value to our listeners. Again, you know, we are very passionate about nurses and those who want to pursue entrepreneurship. We're not trying to force anyone, but we definitely believe that it should be considered, especially in the current climate that it is in. Um, so thank you so much for blessing us with your presence on the Nurse yes. Boss Shift. Yes, And we are out. Chris, anything else you want to say before That's we close thank out? You so, thank you so much. Another powerful episode. Yes. Thank you, ladies, for having me. This was amazing. Bye, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We hope that you had as much fun as we did and most importantly, got tons of value from this conversation. Post your biggest aha moments and tag us on social. You can find all of our info in the show notes. And if you love the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave us a review. We're so grateful for each and every one of you and cannot wait to see you crush it in your businesses. Talk to you next time.